0: Here we are with the We Are SC podcast. This is Eric McKinney, and today we're bringing in We Are SC contributor Kevin Bruce. Uh, and, and Kevin, I know uh, defensively speaking is usually your thing. Today we're going to have you play both ways a little bit. We're going to talk about Graham Harrell bringing that air raid offense to USC and, and maybe what to expect and, and what we've seen from him a little bit in the past. So first of all, I'd like to jump right in just your – Overall thoughts, the quote-unquote air raid, because again, like Coach Helton has kind of said, got out in front of, this is not Mike Leach's Washington State, Texas Tech air raid. So so I'm curious, your thoughts right off the top on this air raid coming to USC.
1: Well, okay. Uh, it, well, first of all, it's transformational. I think we all have to agree. Um, it, uh, the USC offense of the past Maybe not so much the last few years, uh, uh, notably, but certainly years, you know, Pete Carroll and then, you know, back, of course, through the uh, I formation area with uh, McKay on forward through Jr. and others. Um, th- those days are behind us uh, uh, at this point in time. This is a transformation. We we're changing the offense. Uh, it's a significant change. Uh, anybody that makes light of that doesn't understand what this is all about. Uh, this is a major statement, a major change, and uh, there it is. So embrace it. Uh, it's 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 what we're going to see, and uh, it's what the team's going to practice for, us, and it's what we're going to uh, recruit for. Um, what that means then is uh, the the you know Coach Harrell in particular, and then you know under the um, umbrella of, of Coach Helton as head coach is is going to put a, an offense on the field that. Uh, Nobody who's uh, familiar with USC has seen before, period. Which is pretty pretty interesting. It's fascinating. I mean, there's some upsides to that. You know, preparing for what what you don't know the other team has done um, uh, is is pretty interesting. And, And so, you know, Fresno State as an example in our first game. is going to have to prepare for kind of a vanilla approach of the quote air rate. And there's different. Very different approaches to what you know is under the uh, overall uh, auspices of, of air raid that can be um, uh, put onto the field. So, so it can it, it can truly vary a lot. And there's you know, there's a vertical game. There's a, there, there's a game that uh, you know from a run perspective where you have different kinds of techniques. And, and I won't go into that area just yet. But just understand this is transformational. Uh, it, it opens up a lot of opportunities to uh, move the ball around, uh, mostly uh, pass first and run second, and and that is uh, uh, what's going to what we're going to see.
0: And I know it's not, you know, the USC offense of the past, but do you get the sense with the the athletes that USC has, is this something that could work? I mean, Oklahoma right now is running an offense that doesn't look a whole lot like you know, the Oklahoma offense of the past, and they're putting up just, you know, unbelievable offensive numbers. Do, do you get the sense that this is something that could click at USC and, you know, e- even as early as this fall, but maybe two, three years down the line, people are saying, what I formation? You know, we're, we're all in on this. How, how do you see this yeah. sort of playing out a little bit?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I, I, I really. Uh, Fascinating question, Eric. Uh, some of the eye formation—that's generational, by the way. So, and I'm of the generation where I recognize eye formation, and, and uh, watching, uh, frankly, uh, uh, New England uh, Pats run a, a 23 blast on the goal line, two-yard line for a touchdown, and the Super Bowl uh, brought tears to my eyes, frankly. Uh, but you know, but it fullback uh, it was literally a 23 blast. But anyway, sidebar: that uh, those days are behind us. It's It it, most likely not to be seen uh, anytime soon, if ever. Okay. That said uh, the offense uh, opportunity uh, that the quote air raid uh, or the air raid family maybe might be a better way to put it um, really does open up the the field in a way that uh, is, is a different approach. It's not a line of scrimmage dominant uh, play action uh, offense. Uh, It's far from it. But what it does do is, is put some of our excellent athletes into positions to make uh, big plays. It forces a lot of, uh, depending on how it's deployed, but it forces a lot more thinking on the part of the uh, defense, uh, in particular linebackers, of which you know I have some familiarity, and other positions as well. Uh, depending on how the air raid is used, it's going to force uh, a, a lot more you know, alignment and fits, uh, fit challenges for the defense, which then creates opportunities for uh, our athletes uh, to take advantage of it. So to your point about Oklahoma, that's a, that's a really good example of what putting athletes in space can mean when it's a one-on-one uh, type of a challenge. So, you know, offensive player with ball has to be defensive tackler without the ball. And if it's it's down to a one on one, I tell you what, I, I like the chances of the offense um, to uh, to make big plays, uh, you know, somewhat routinely. Uh, and you know, let's face it, uh, the last, certainly last season is uh, an example of not making a lot of big plays, you know, and uh, we we didn't get uh, players in the space as we would like, and uh, whether it was run or pass. So uh, this this just opens up uh, a whole new uh, vista of opportunity in, in that respect
0: and feel free to get a little bit technical here and it's still kind of a general question, but how does it attack you? Are there areas on the field where it says we're going to own sort of this space? Does it look at, uh, you know, we want to attack the, this, this corner or this safety or this linebacker. I mean, what, what does it, what is the challenge for a defense um, when it goes against mm-hmm. this offense? Well, I'll tell you
1: what, there's, I'll give you a, a kind of an elliptical answer and it depends on the quarterback and i say that because the quarterback will uh generate a certain approach to how the offense is is uh executing on the field and by that i mean this if you have an rpo run pass option type quarterback which would be more like of the finks uh uh, style right at least historically Um, then you get you get, a, you get a certain type of, of look where you you, really do, you have to respect the uh, run fakes, you have to respect you know some of the uh, uh, optioning option run points, more so so you're holding people closer to the line of scrimmage even in an air raid approach. Um, if you have a more of a J.T. Daniels, and I would tell you that Sears is between the two so that it's really a good example of, of three different types of quarterbacks. Uh, JT is a uh, uh, you know you don't have to worry about a run with him. Uh, he's not an RPO guy at all uh, whatsoever, and uh, but he will throw the ball and uh, you know with authority. Uh, and given that that opportunity, uh, I think he will just you know eat up the the run the pass first mentality uh, of an air raid without having an RPO uh, run pass option uh, mindset. Um, and then uh, you know, with, with with Sears at quarterback, I'll get the defense in a minute because this is all all what these whatever the quarterbacks do and the plays that that transcend from the quarterback is it tells the defense what you have to go defend, right? So the defense is always a response to the offense. So to answer the question um, sufficiently, I have to explain or at least put out here are the options that of the offense knowing that we don't know anything about what the offense is going to look like right now. None of us do. Right. Which is really kind of wild, frankly, at this stage of the year, but whatever. Um, It all has to, has to happen. So um, the, uh, uh, so JT's, you know, you know, not a gunslinger. I wouldn't say that, but he's going to look to pass first. He's going to read pass. And that is going to cause the defense to, um, to me it becomes a situation where if I was defending against JT, I would defend pass first without question, right? And and run becomes secondary to me. There might be some formational tips or, or you know you know situations that tells me that as a defensive player, all right, look, this 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 looks more like a run situation to me. Every offense has tendencies. Right now we have no tendencies. It's not been we don't we don't even know ourselves. So a defense. An opponent's defense can't know either, right? At this point in time, um, Sears is is got a little bit of RPO in him, uh, from my perspective. Uh, but uh, you know, clearly is a, a con- very comfortable zone read, throw the ball kind of quarterback. So he's got a broader spectrum of capabilities uh, uh, right now. That's my assessment. Could be wrong, uh, but I think that's what we have seen. And so you've got three very, as I said, different quarterbacks. Okay, so. Defensively, those, you get different answers with each of those three quarterbacks, is my point. And uh, I, I talked about Finks, and that's really an RPO approach. And uh, that becomes uh, really a type of defense that you know, focuses, focuses in on controlling first down, uh, controlling uh, certain gaps, line of scrimmage, a uh, lot of man cover on the outside to make sure that you're, you're not allowing a wide receiver blocking on an RPO. Yeah, even in an air rate, you're going to have a certain amount of running. Uh, You don't really have to think too much about tight ends. You're not going to see a lot of that, if much at all. Um, JT is going to be pass first, so I'm going to go into, you know, three down linemen, a cover eight, uh, maybe, you know, quarters, you know, uh, four parts of the field covered by four different people with some man underneath. Um, That's called quarter coverage. Uh, you can have quarter, quarter, half. You can have a lot of different looks that really are designed to stop. Uh, you know, the the it's just not a pass game, but it's what type of pass game? Is it a vertical uh, pass game? Is it a lot of rub routes underneath combos, that kind of thing? Um, you asked for some technical, I'm giving you some technical now. Sorry, sure. um, those those are very different. You know, you've got the Mike Leach uh, air raid, you've got the Sunny Dykes air raid. Sunny Dykes is a lot of real vertical press, uh, deep, uh, uh, combo routes, deep on, on, on secondary coverage, uh, puts a lot of pressure on the secondary, but puts a lot of pressure on the offensive line. Cause you need more time. It's a, it's a four to five count pass, right? Um, you know, he'll, you know, look, those are always that, that, clearly I'm overstating it. There's quick throws and one, two, th- one, two balls gone, right? It's up in the, it's, it's going right. Uh, but there are the deep throws as well. And, uh, those typically, uh, uh, you know, it's, look. You got to have a, you got to hold for three to four, sometimes even a five count. The pocket's going to be breaking down at that point, even with a three-man type rush. You one would think, one would hope. Um, okay, uh, the, the the Mike Leach approach is, is very different, frankly, um, where you know. It's more combo uh, uh, pass routes, a lot of rub routes underneath, uh, a lot of delays, a lot of drags, um, uh, and a, and running back involved in the in the pass game as well. So um, that has a a a, a different um, look and feel if you're in if you're uh, you know engage in the in the pass coverage. Typically, you would see not so much a three down lineman and eight in in, in defensive. Um, coverage right you'd see maybe a four or seven you know with one of the player personnel's uh, you know really suited to both pass coverage and and uh, stopping the run and or passing uh, rushing the passer that's a really difficult position to fill with the right skill sets the last one we had that you know Augustin would would fulfill two of the three um, Nuoso could fulfill three of those three, as an example. Okay, uh, if we go back to some of our our prior play, uh, defensive players. Um, anyway, so so hopefully that gives some sense to um, the just the, the breadth of of what it is that we may see, knowing that we know nothing about what we're going to see, right? Other than it's going to be some type of quote air raid, and there's a lot of different types and styles of air raid. Sure. You,
0: you've been able to take a look at a couple North Texas uh, games from last year and seen, you, you saw what Graham Harrell sort of has done. And there's obviously a chance that he gets to USC and says, wow, there's a whole new cupboard here. I'm going to you know, utilize some of this in different ways. But w- what has sort of been his uh, go-to that, that you've kind of taken from seeing what he's done on the field? What, what seems to excel um, under Harold's sort of style and, and his play calling?
1: Well, he certainly – it's a great question, Eric. The, the the approach that he has used that I, I looked at, and I looked at three different games, including the Arkansas game, which was the first ever SEC victory by University of North Texas UNT in its history, which is pretty impressive, frankly. Um when you, when you look at that game, you have to understand there was – Arkansas committed six turnovers. So, you know, I'm not sure how much of that was an offensive, uh, you know, gem as, a, as much as it was, you know, a pick six and four other tur- – five other turnovers. Uh, you know, that, that's going to be a tough day for – I don't care who you are. But that said, what, what uh, Coach Harrell showed was a development of the quarterback uh, to really uh, move the ball uh, quickly. Uh, quick reads, uh, you know, and, and the quick reads means that the quarterback has the maturity and the experience to look at the field, see the see the defense, have a you know, this is all within you know fractions of seconds, right? I mean, it's very little time to, you know, for your the mind to take the picture, to make the call, and uh, and such to the point where, frankly, that's why I'm saying it's pass first. If if, if in doubt the quarterback will pass the ball. That's how this rolls. Okay. The quarterback will not hand the ball off if in doubt. Now, unless the quarterback sees, you know, whoever that might be, assuming it's open competition, uh, unless there's some, you know, you know, obvious, uh, you know, pack in the box with, uh, you know, five guys, then that's going to be a pass for sure. Or alternatively, if there's three guys, three down, uh, you're looking at it, so, okay. Look, I have some some form of, of cover eight, right? So anyway, the development of the quarterback was was key. What I what in, also impressed me though was that UNT threw the ball deep uh, fairly often. I mean, it surprised me actually. It wasn't your your uh, dink and dunk uh, kind of offense. It was a lot of stretch plays, a lot of. Uh, uh, uh you know fly routes wheels um, uh, you know some some uh, combination deep routes uh, you know trying to split the uh, either the safeties, plural or the safety if it was in a single high cover um, they took advantage of that now this did require the quarterback to have extra time well he typically wasn't throwing from the pocket. he was looking looking looking. And then he would move a bit, buy a little extra time, and then, and this will sound familiar. Off his back foot, he'd he would fling the ball down the field. He had a strong arm, uh, and uh, you know, very often the receiver could uh, could make the play on the ball. Uh, sounds a lot like what J.T. was doing a fair amount last year, throwing off the back foot. You know, mechanics were you know, under some criticism. You know, whatever he's being chased. You know, uh, but. He could throw the ball that way, and, and you know, other than some other some decisions that were not made so timely uh, on his part, uh, that falls into the category of uh, of what he is able to do. I saw a parallel uh, parallelism there, um, but importantly, uh, importantly, I also saw where Jack Sears uh, can do less of that type of throwing off the back foot so much that not that he wouldn't. I mean, he, all these quarterbacks are highly gifted. But he would actually move his feet uh, more effectively than JT and could run the ball more effectively if he had to, to break down the defense. And I saw a little bit of that with UNT. The use of the wide receiver sets, the slot backs, uh, and even some H-backs uh, in, the, in the red zone in particular was, was very effective. Their running game is, look, it's, it's a zone running game. Uh, but they also, uh, with the zone blocking, which is what we have done for years now, was reasonably effective. They did have, from time to time, some uh, nice traps, some inside trap blocks coming up the h back, predominantly, rarely pulled uh, the offensive linemen, uh, but occasionally just to keep the defense on us. So all of that combined tells me that uh, Coach Harrell is going to, be very pleased with what's in the cupboard right now compared to UNT. You would expect that, um, you'll learn what it's like to go up against, you know, D one, a, you know, top 10 type defenses too. They're, they're also very, very good. And they got, they got pretty deep cabinets too.
0: Sure. And there's going to be a lot of attention, obviously on the quarterbacks. Um, when you start a true freshman and go five and seven, and then there's the thought that, you know, maybe there's some talent behind him. Um, And and then you're saying when a new offensive coordinator comes in, comes in a new system, we're going to have open competition at every single position. Obviously, anytime a a big time program has spring quarterback competition, that's going to get a lot of attention. But I'm also curious, looking out at, at the wide receivers, how, their mm-hmm. lives could change uh, under this new system. It, it seemed like there were just so many times where the quarterback was having to throw to a wide receiver that had one-on-one coverage and was just completely blanketed. And, and so there were just yeah. no places to put a ball. How, how much does this system help the wide receivers in terms of just the, there being play calls where you can't help but get open? That, that's certainly what it seems like um, in, in watching some of this air raid when other teams run it that Mm -hmm. there can just be wide receivers kind of all over the field running free
1: yeah you know excellent points first of all there's a there's a commentary about our offense from last season and and I agree with you uh defenses took a lot of coverage chances against our receiver group um last uh last season and as the season wore on, more and more defenses knew they could take chances with our receivers. Uh, this is not a criticism of our receivers, by the way, um, but they could take more chances because you knew you could put pressure on the quarterback. And therein was was really where we were start, we were losing it up front, which caused us, uh, defenses to say, "Yeah, we're going to cover these guys tight." And until they break us down uh, deep, uh, we'll, we'll just we'll take that chance. Now, they're only going to burn us maybe once or twice in a game. I'm willing to live with that uh, kind of bet. And what I am going to do is take away their first down efficiency, and I'm going to take away their third down conversion efficiency, on, especially on third and longish, like over five or even seven yards, and then if they're going to run the ball, I know their blocking scheme is a very – USC's blocking scheme for the last several seasons, very vanilla. Zone blocking, a little bit of pulling uh, guards and maybe occasional tackle, uh, that's rare and, and occasionally effective, you know. Uh, but the zone block is a zone block. I mean, I get it, you know, and, and defenses understand how to play against that. So that's – we saw some of that last year with the idea coming from the defense pressure the freshman quarterback, take away the easy throws. So they would bring their, their quarterbacks were tight. Safety's rolled up. Uh, if they had a nickel back out there or a hybrid, uh, you know, linebacker slash, uh, you know, inside, you know, type, uh, a cover guy, um, you, you know, just take away the easy throws and, and force, uh, a, you know, a young You know, first-time starter, freshman, could have been in in high school, frankly, um, to have to think too much. And we saw some of those results. Um, And the defensive uh, uh, receivers had a responsibility to try to get open, and they were struggling doing really work. And that causes the quarterback, JT in this case, to really throw into some tight windows. Look, Sam Darnold could do that but Sam Darnold was a very different kind of quarterback in his stage of of development than JT was last season. And and so what this, what the um, air raid approach does, however that's going to be deployed, because we truly just don't know, right. Um, It it is going to force some uh, defensive uh, respect of not just the deep ball, but also the intermediate pass, uh, uh, the underneath, uh, you know, routing routes that you know delay routes of sorts, uh, and and that's just going to until we get a pattern and a rhythm going that defenses can recognize, uh, they're just going to have to play somewhat of a vanilla, I think, a vanilla coverage, right, uh, of, of uh, you know of what we look at. If we have a tight end on the field, which is I think a key question here. Um, how that position might be used will be of great interest. H-back through traditional tight end line scrimmage out, just outside the tackle, off of the tackle, or you know, split out into a slot-type position, which creates a physical mish- mismatch on a nickel back, but not necessarily a speed mismatch. And those are two very different things.
0: And then I want to get into... The running game also because just looking at North Texas stats last year, uh, I think they fell one yard short of 2,000 yards rushing for the season, uh, 25 rushing touchdowns. And again, we're talking about going up against different defenses. But when you list the North Texas stats on offense and you list the USC stats on offense from last year, th- there's one that clearly stands out. Um, and, and so, again, stop me if you've heard this before, but USC has three super talented running backs on the roster. And I think it would be, you know, a shame if we go the 2019 season and if Steven Carr is healthy, we don't hear a lot about Stephen Carr. We don't hear a lot about Vivi. I mean, these are guys that can play. How does the run game fit in and how do you see these running backs fitting into that system and maybe having to go through a little bit of, uh, of some adjusting, um, but where where does the run game fit in with Graham Harrell's offense?
1: Yeah, it, well, it's clearly it it is a uh, it is a weapon. Uh, the running back has a responsibility to block, has a you know a responsibility to run the football to you know not, not particularly insightful on my part, but also to catch the football and to do something you know after uh, yards after catch or yak. right? Um, and I think frankly. We don't know a lot about Marquis Steph, though I really like what I saw, the few plays that he had. I kind of, this 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 guy is for real. Uh, and uh, I was very pleased with that. But uh Stephen Carr, if he is healthy and if he can get his speed back, those are big ifs. But if that all comes together, he's very dangerous every time he touches the football. Um if he last year look, last season he was coming off some injuries, surgeries. He didn't have the that that second, you know year speed that he had before. There was no question about it. And uh, Malibé, uh frankly, I think is probably one of the best running backs uh on the West Coast. And you know, he's a feature back in any other uh, school. Um so I like I don't think it's ever wrong to put the ball in those guys' hands, right? Um as a general rule you know, it, it's, something good is most likely going to happen if we get the good work done by the uh, the big uglies up front, not to be disparaging, but, you know, it's probably a term of endearment, right? The offensive line has really got to do some work here. And therein is where we'll really understand how the approach to, uh, believe it or not, the air raid of what style we're going to use. Example, are the offensive linemen going to be firing out? If they fire out, and whether it doesn't matter whether it's zone or, or uh, other types of, 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 of blocking schemes where uh, you've got some uh, uh, you know down blocking and pulling guards and that kind of thing, which I love, by the way, because um, it, it, it freezes defenders in their place. But if we get a line that's firing out a lot, even with the larger, typically wider splits that you see in an air raid offense, um, that tells me that, that we are committed to a balanced run pass offense, okay? If what we tend to see is more frequent guys, you know, offensive linemen in good good position for uh, pass block, which means that, you know, weight evenly distributed, you know, not, not necessarily on the balls of your feet, you know, kind of back a little bit, um, that tells me that, you know, that, that's going to be more pass-centric. That's fine. That's what we're going to do, and 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 assuming it's, it's successful, um, and, 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 you know it, it boils down to some some of an either or approach. Now you do a little bit of both. there. An the offensive lineman can fire out. I mean that's you know comes with the territory, right? Um, but some uh, offenses demand that the uh, that firing out type of, of blocking scheme, pad level firing move your feet second level uh kind of a nasty streak um is that that physicality that we've been talking about for some years now right uh and that uh that can work within an airway that can work within you know two tight ends it doesn't matter i mean that's just that's a that's a mindset and that's a tech that's some, some some technique one of the things that i've noticed in Harrell's offense is that the splits uh, that he uses between the offensive linemen is about two to th- maybe three feet. I think it's less than a yard, right? Uh, and that's interesting because those are not super wide splits, a little wider than normal, but not super wide. I've seen much wider than that in certain offenses. Um, but what also uh, I, I, I did notice is that he his offensive line, uh, they were they were fanned, meaning that the outside uh, tackles were uh, back a little bit less than a yard that would become an illegal formation but they're fanned backwards off the center and you see it from the guard to the tackle what that does is create it says it says this is a pass first offense it's a, it's a tougher it's tougher to run block when you're off the line of scrimmage a few feet right it, it, you, you have to make that up to go hit the Uh, to block the uh, uh, defender, right, Uh, versus on the line of scrimmage. There's those simple little things. um, Some might not notice that so much, but it's kind of, you know, it's it's what I look at. I I look at those kinds of things. Those are the keys that a defender is going to look at. It's going to tell the defender, all right, uh, I'm I'm reading pass. I'm reading this. I'm reading that. So uh, those are the kinds of things, when you put it all together, uh, tells the defenders, you know, what type of offense, what type of plays we're going to see. And and frankly, right now, we don't know any of this, right? right. Uh, we, I know what I, was, I saw historically at UNT. Uh, I watched a few games, uh, three in particular, as you know. Um, I didn't see a tight end ever, just for the record. Uh, I know uh, Coach Shelton mentioned that there was a use of one and two tight end sets. I didn't see any of it in those games. Maybe other games it could have been, but I certainly didn't see it. Saw an H back in the red zone. I didn't see H back used uh, generally, uh, other than in red zone. You know, even in short yardage, I didn't see an H back. Could you know could have missed it, but I frankly I doubt it. Um, and that's just look. That's what was successful for UNT generally uh, last season. What uh, what uh, Coach Harold does and with the type of talent and skill and, and capability that we have and depth. Uh, some some of our depth is is you know like a tight end we're we're a little light there right I mean literally um, so you know the H can you know Josh Fowler as an example can he convert to an H I don't know
0: sure uh, you you mentioned we'll that, um, that the criticism that gets thrown out a lot about the air raid is is that it you know dominates between the twenties what does Harold do when you get to the road? How, how do they find success or do they find success? Um, once you're in a, you know, first and goal from the four or from the seven or or something like that, um, d- does, I guess, how much does that inhibit sort of the air raid or has he found a way to, to have success uh, close into the goal line?
1: Yeah, you know, they've been, they were successful. Uh, again, I, I, I point to the type of competition and when they had, to. You know, Uh, stouter defenses on the field Uh, they were still reasonably successful you know uh, inside the red zone Uh, but inside the red zone is the 20 yard line in right and clearly more of their touchdowns were uh, outside the 10 yard line than they were inside the 10 yard line Uh, they did have 25 rushing uh, touchdowns some of those were in the 20 to 30 yard uh, uh, you know a distance Frank so that's some of those aren't even red zone right those are those are you know good good runs. I mean God bless you for doing it uh, but uh, it, it's um, uh, when the field gets shorter, I don't care what offense you run um, it gets tougher, right uh, if you're a power type team you 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 can line up and and just bang away at it and that's that's an approach. Uh, it's kind of you know big man on big man uh, uh, football this is not. This is, um, you know, you know, exploit a one-on-one situation as best you can. What happens in the red zone in this offense uh, typically is that you get a lot of pressure into the into the uh, to the quarterback. So, you know, quick decisions are there, and that's where you get these uh, these nice route trees where you got, you know, two, three, uh, three wide receivers two and two right receiver wide receivers each side running back et cetera those are the types of uh of setups that some teams just aren't used to down in the, near the on the tier point the four yard line or five yard line it's just typically you line up you know one or two tight ends and you and you just kind of go at each other and then oops that didn't work you go play action try to find a tight end uh, or a um, a fade route in the corner with, with a taller receiver which is successful too by the way um, but what I what what we see with Harrell is the use of the the a a spread offense set, even in the red zone, and it it uh, was successful with some running plays. What he would do uh, last season, with the games that I saw, was deploy an H back in lieu of another wide receiver frequently, and that H back allows for either blocking, which holds the linebackers inside because they have to respect the, the run, uh, a run option, um, not an not a option play, but the option of running the football versus passing the football uh, for a pass first offense. Anyway, you know, long story, and I hate to go too long on that one, but it's, it's pretty interesting. The other thing that, that what Harold did on, in the red zone is a lot of – he would continue with the no huddle up-tempo and that that caused um, some mismatches because if you're in a true no huddle anywhere on the field, but you, you the defense in particular cannot substitute when you're running a no huddle uh, at the goal line easily because it's so far from the bench. The players can't get in and the players can't get off the field fast enough, so you're stuck with who you got out there for the most part. It's kind of like I was, a line change in hockey. I mean, you got to have, you know, guys coming in, guys coming off. You can't have, you know, too many guys on the, on the ice. You can't have too many guys on the field. Same kind of, same kind of situation. And that can create some fatigue issues. It can create some mismatches that you can exploit, uh, with your personnel, uh, whether it's height, speed, combinations thereof, uh, you know, H-back blocking that you're not accustomed to seeing, um, all, all conditioning. Certainly, and with the big man, that's going to be very difficult, especially earlier in the season, first three or four games. Conditioning is a much bigger, much more important part of the game.
0: And I'm curious your take, looking at the offense as a whole, when a new system comes in, and specifically this system, uh, are, are there areas, and, and whether it's you know a, an entire position group like the offensive line or a specific communication between a, a quarterback and the inside receiver or the outside receiver, but uh, are there certain areas where you would expect this should gel quickly? Somebody should, you know, th- this group, by the, the time the first game rolls around, we should be looking at kind of some crispness here. Or, and, and then uh, on the other side of that, five, six games in, hey, don't be surprised if we're still working on, you know, this. Or, or if, uh, you know, th- this will take even a full year. You know, to get down to where they're running it really smoothly.
1: Yeah, that's a marvelous question. I will tell you that uh, this offense, this type of offense, how whatever version is is deployed, requires repetition after repetition after repetition. I mean, it truly is it, because you, if you think about it, up tempo and no huddle means everybody's got to be on the same page, right? Sure. That's very difficult to accomplish when you're installing a brand new offense. And what will be interesting here is that if Coach Harrell brings his uh, nomenclature uh, about formation and plays uh, into the situation, because then all of a sudden you've got a new playbook. Not just new plays, but they're also called different names. They're they're called differently in the line of scrimmage. audibles may be may sound different to the extent there are any right um all those kinds of things just those that takes repetition which generally means it takes time right so i I would expect earlier in the season we may see see some real choppy offensive performance some some good you know this and that um and then you know there'll be some frustrating head scratching kind of like oh, how the heck did we just do that um i would expect to see that i wouldn't be frustrated about it you know you just kind of like you know you know you know palm to face kind of like oh darn you know we didn't need that but it's going to happen we're going to have some guys moving. it's just these are the kinds of mistakes that um, you you just have to practice it out of the system um Look, I'll say it the way it is. Historically, we haven't done a good job with this. I don't care what offense we've run. We've had just way too many penalties. There's no doubt about it. The defensive side of the ball, too. But offensively, a lot of, you know, motion problems and holding and this. I mean, just. Things that just drive me nuts uh, as a as a fan, but also as a coach, it it's just drives you crazy. You know, you take you know, go from third and two to you know third and seven with an illegal procedure. I said, are you kidding me? You're, you're you're just you're driving me nuts here. Um, but that said, look, um, it's about practice. It's about commitment. It's about repetition. But it's about repeating frequently, doing the right things. Right? You can have a lot of repetition, but if you just you know, evocating the, doing the wrong thing, that doesn't help, right? It uh, seems pretty obvious, but, you know, frankly, I, I think we were guilty of some of that last uh, last season. Um, it did showed up in our center snaps. I don't want to be critical, but it showed up in our center snaps. Um, it, it showed up in the illegal procedures and some of the confusion that reigned. It, it showed up in some of the running back uh, pass blocking assignments, which were blowing. I mean, you know, it, it is a game. You know, played by young young men, right? So expect young men to do some things that you kind of go, wow, I have no idea why that happened, right? Um Let's just just try to you know coach that out, and coach guys up. Uh, to some extent, the air rate is a little—I wouldn't call it simpler, though. Frankly, to some extent, it is uh, because it's it, with the up tempo and a no huddle approach. Now we'll see how much of both of those up-tempo and no huddle we will actually see right Right. um but that that is one of the keys to this type of an offense is move 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 it's it's high pace uh you know you're running 80 to 85 plays a game maybe 90 even which is an astounding amount of offensive plays right even 80 a lot Mm um and uh, you know running a lot of plays out there so that's where the fatigue comes in and so forth and uh, uh, But the offense ha- can't have a lot of mistakes where you get clock stoppage and then the defense gets a chance to recoup, rest, substitute, et cetera.
0: All right. And then last thing I want to get into, I, I want to get you to give me a couple, couple guys that you think this is really up their alley, that they are going to take to this offense and, and we could see some big things. I know I sort of hinted a little bit that, that I think, um, a fully healthy Steven Carr, especially with what the, the running back is asked to do out of the backfield. Um, I, I, think that this could be a really nice fit for him, but who are, who are a couple of guys at the USC offense, um, for you that you think could take either steps forward or, just, you know, continue kind of their career and, and see kind of an increase in production this year.
1: Yeah. Um, Individually, I think Pittman, uh, St. Brown, for sure. Uh, th- these are high talent guys, highly gifted, that can really make uh, some things happen out on the field, and, on, and not just in the perimeter, but yards after catch and and related. Uh, we'll see how the slot back position uh, beyond just St. Brown, but uh, uh, Bayless Jones and and some others, how they develop on offense. Uh, and, and again, we're focusing on offense right now because that, that is really the key question, right? The defense uh, is much more um, continuation of last season, but hopefully a whole lot better. All right, that's—that's that's a conversation for another day. Um, from a quarter, quarterback role, well, I, I'm just going to be fascinated to see just how that actually plays out. On surface, you would think this fits uh, J.T. Daniels' uh, uh, envelope of skills uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, but, but I would tell you, I, I, I really would like to see open competition there and see just how um, uh, Matt Fink and, in particular, Jack Sears have a chance to uh, show what they can do uh, at, uh, at the quarterback role. I think they have, a, they have a real opportunity to bring something to the, uh, to the party here that will be pretty fascinating. To your point, Stephen Carr, absolutely. Look, if he's healthy and he's got his second uh, and maybe even third gear back, uh, then he's just. He's a game breaker waiting to happen, and I, I truly hope that's so. He's, you know, early on was showed so much gifts on the field; it was just incredible. Regrettably, injuries have, have dinged him up—not just the back, but the uh, foot as well. Oliver, uh, I think I, I said it earlier. Look, I, I just I, I love the way this guy plays football. Um, he's he's got good speed. Uh, he's got uh, he's got two gears. He's got good hands coming out of the backfield. Uh, which is made to order for this type of uh, uh, offense, but he's also got some physicality that'll be interesting. And uh, Marquise, uh step, um, wild card, but I, I just, you know, that that um, uh, you know bigger back, uh, pretty interesting. And uh, I think uh, there were some defenders last year that discovered that oh my gosh, this guy's hard to tackle. Ask. Uh, um, you know, the Notre Dame guy there, uh, the uh, defensive uh, tackle. Uh, yeah yeah, he had a full uh, straight on shot and uh, you know he ended up uh, you know gripping a whole lot of air so there's there's some some real opportunities there. the offensive line you know not it's not more it's not so much individual uh, as it is as a group and I think here uh, there's a real opportunity to understand and to uh, take advantage of some of the skills that they have, both physical and mentally, uh, a- across the front. We'll have a new center. Uh, the center exchange has just got to be 100%. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, last year we didn't have it, and it was just rough, uh, very very rough. Makes makes a quarterback's life pretty difficult if you're gonna you have a tough time finding the football. Um, and uh, so I think that's going to be very very helpful. And uh, we'll see some uh, improvement, and as a result, uh, uh, across the offensive front, however that gets deployed. Um, so there's many things that I, I like uh, about what, what uh, what's going to happen. I think the tight end question is their status a question. It's going to have to be answered. I don't I don't know where that goes. Uh, I have a suspicion that you don't see a lot of tight end pure tight end um, formations. Doesn't mean you can't deploy your, the tight end into different roles. Typically, H back, kind of a you know uh, you know hybrid fullback slash tight end type uh, role, and that I think uh, ideally uh, would be suited for uh, for uh, Josh Follow.
0: Okay. And then la- last thing, your your sort of overall thought heading into spring ball about making this change: o- optimistic for the offense, cautiously optimistic, intrigued, I mean, d- disappointed. Um, where, where are you in terms of thinking about what's coming up next for, for the USC offense?
1: Uh, I tell you what, that's a great question. Um, here, look, I, I come from the I formation generations, plural. So, you know, <laughs> sorry to see that go. Uh, and actually just sorry to see uh, the physicality up front. Uh, you know, frankly, it's just not, we haven't done it for a few years now. So, you know, I just wish, frankly, USC football DNA is we control the line of scrimmage. I don't care which side of the ball. All right. Well, uh, that isn't always the case anymore. Um, so that's it. If we're just going to say, well, look, uh, that that that's how it's going to be, then all right. Then let's go with an offense that can, uh, you know, ring up the points and uh, you know r- run up and down the field in this case, pass up and down the field, and uh, put up some points, get some victories, uh, put the Ws in the column, and uh, you see what we have. I, 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 just, I just have to say this one, though. I just can't recall an air raid offense of whatever flavor uh, that sitting on a national championship. So we would have to be the first
0: okay well fingers crossed right (laughs) there you go so all right uh thank you so much to uh to Kevin Bruce for for jumping on talking a little Graham Harrell and and USC offense and it is one of those things we'll see I mean spring practice is uh a a couple weeks away here and I think it's going to be just absolutely fascinating to see kind of how quickly you take to it and and again we could probably talk for a long time about the quarterback battle and, and what's coming next but uh I think that's a a real good look at kind of what to potentially expect uh, from Graham Harrell, from this new air raid system at at USC going forward. So uh, thanks again, Kevin, for the time.
1: My pleasure. Fight on.
0: Fight on.